When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, second hour of Clay and Buck, and uh, we'll, we'll return to some of our... <laughs> some of the the legal process questions here which are intricate and i have a couple of i actually have a, a friend who's a, a former um uh federal prosecutor who's texting me about it right now saying you know that it's complicated but basically the federal judge clay in atlanta in atlanta for that district uh judge will be able to um weigh in on whether it stays in federal court or not so it is not up to the state judge it's a motion that goes to the federal judge removal is automatic based on a filing of notice all right man we'll, we'll get we'll get into some more of this but so it, everybody it be- out there listening is going to get basically a crash course in constitutional law over the next year and it's impossible to avoid it and to your point like this is stuff that even makes lawyers' heads roll back into their head. I mean, you have to be a process scholar in order to even think about how all this is going to play out. And I hope Trump has elite legal representation, uh, which we have talked about before, because this is when you definitely need the best lawyers in your quiver, so to speak. And there's also going to be an element of chance here. Uh, the Clay and I were just talking about this uh, a moment ago, and you know, uh, based on the way trials normally go, these four indictments, Trump would be, if he were just a normal person, like an everyday person, he'd be in court. First of all, it would, it would be delayed. Certainly, uh, it wouldn't happen in the next year. As I think there's no doubt about that. He'd probably be dealing with these legal issues for years to come, yes. right? Years and years. I mean, he might be four or five years out still figure, but this is not normal. That's the, this is not normal in so many ways. And uh, just the fact that all of these cases, Clay, were held, all of them simultaneously, the indictments brought so that they are timed during the election year, effectively, yeah. during the election cycle, really. That's not normal. That was, That's not an accident, right? That's not coincidence. This is people trying to scheme the system and weaponize it against Trump, as we've said so many times. So it's with that in mind that, that I, I think we're trying to figure out where this all goes. If he gets the right judges... Or if this appeals court and perhaps even Supreme Court steps in, maybe that is the salvation of justice here. But 
it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a bit of a wild ride. I wanted to just switch gears for a second. I'm pretty sure at one point on Rotten Tomatoes, I th- okay, I, I'm not. I don't want to say the number, but it was certainly like a top five uh, for a while on Rotten Tomatoes in terms of audience loving it. And I think it was the most watched or the most beloved movie that Netflix had rights to for a while, The Blind Side. Yes. And I, I would wager that, what, 75% of the audience has seen this movie probably? I, I think that's fair. I mean, it's between theaters and TV. This was a, it made $300 million domestically. Uh, it is a Sandra Bullock, uh, film and it's about the Tui family. And it's a very, it's a very feel good movie. Like, er, you know, everyone I think comes away from it feeling like, wow, it's such an inspiring story. And now Michael Orr, saying his name right, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, he played in the NFL for a number of years. Uh, the movie is based on his life story and, and the, the Tui family. He went to the NFL for a number of years, made something like $30 million as a player, and he has turned around now, and now I'm trying to get into what's reported versus what is established, essentially said that he was taken advantage of by the Tui family. I mean, this is a big, for a lot of people that love that movie, and it, it takes, it's a, was it Tennessee? Tennessee? That, yeah, Memphis. Yeah, it was Memphis, right? Yeah, okay. It takes place in Tennessee. Um, do you have a, you know, what can you tell us? About this one, because this is like pop culture world, sports world now, and the, just the new cycle of politics. Y- you think the Tui family is getting a, a, a unfair rap here? Because to me, it seems like really after all these years and all the money that was made and all the stories, now this uh, this guy or turns around and says allegedly he wanted fifteen million dollars from them. Yeah. So uh, for people out there who who don't remember this movie, this is a uh, high school kid in memphis whose family is incredibly impoverished he is a very talented football player he plays left tackle uh eventually for ole miss that's the university of mississippi uh he's drafted in the first round he makes i think 35 million dollars during his career eight years in the nfl first round draft pick and uh the story of the blind side is that he is adopted by this wealthy white family in Memphis that allows him to fulfill his full expectations. And the movie is, like you said, Buck, made over $300 million. I think, didn't Sandra Bullock win an Oscar for this? In yes. terms of, yes, she I did. Think, it, it, it's, I, I think commercially her most successful film ever. Certainly, uh, higher on the thespian scale than, say, speed, which while enjoyable is preposterous. Speed is fantastic. I and love then it. The funny it's thing absurd, is, but how many speeds did they make? The first speed was uh, they made speed two, right? It was a cruise ship. <laughs> Think about that for a second. It goes from you're on a bomb. There's a bomb on the bus, and if it goes below 45 miles an hour, it blows up. To you're on a cruise ship. <laughs> uh, yeah, that the 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 premise of the initial speed was tough to look a while. That was Keanu Reeves with uh, Sandra Bullock, right? Am I correct in the original that speed? Is. Yeah, I was a big Keanu fan before the John Wick franchise. Uh, and even better, you're suggesting for Sandra Bullock than Miss Congeniality, which I think they also made multiple versions of. Or wasn't she uh, the girl uh, love interest in The Firm back in the day? Uh, isn't that Sandra Bullock with Tom Cruise in the initial no, The Firm no, movie? No, that's, um, that's... Oh, you're uh, right. Cr- cr- uh, Ashley Judd. No, no, not Ashley Judd. Nope, nope, nope. It's... um. 
Archer, I think. Ann Archer, does that sound really? right? I can't yeah, remember. The Firm? The Firm? All right. Well, it wasn't... Oh, Sandra Bullock was in A Time to Kill. Gene Triplehorn. Okay. That's the other one. It doesn't. I think she looks like Ann Archer. I was close. Yeah, they do look a little bit alike, but I think Sandra Bullock was in A Time to Kill. That's the Grisham novel that I was... Wasn't she the love interest in A Time to Kill with Matthew McConaughey? Yes. Yes. Okay. I think... Uh, so, Sandra Bullock, who we now have established as an actress in a lot of movies that all of you know. Uh, so... I think this is a totally, this is my opinion. I know Michael Orr. I think I've met the Tuies at some point, uh, in, in historically. I think this is a totally trumped up, uh, uh, lawsuit. And I know the initial storyline, it got all the attention. Everybody said they stole all the money from him. First of all, Buck, I would think the accounting of what the Tuies made from the blind side would be very easy to uncover. And they claim that they didn't make that much money and that they gave an equal share to everyone who was involved in the movie. They have two biological children, Michael Orr and the parents. But here's where I come down on this. The Tui family is worth a couple of hundred million dollars, irrespective of anything that they made off the movie. The reason why they were wealthy and they were able to take in this kid and their kids were going to a fancy Memphis private school, Briarcrest, I believe. And by the way, we are number one in Memphis. I bet there are people who know the specifics of this listening to us right now. The reason why they were able to be so generous and able to take in Michael and able to support him was because they were already supremely wealthy. So I just look at it from the baseline level here. They didn't make very much money relative to their net worth off of the movie. It seems highly unlikely to me that they somehow stole and bamboozled Michael Orr to take hundreds, uh, you know, tens of millions of dollars out of his pocket and put into their own. Again, I could be wrong, but just the basic facts here don't suggest to me that they could have made enough money that even what's being alleged would have impacted their lifestyle in any way. Do we know how Michael Orr's finances are these days? I mean, no. I'm, I'm I'm curious. You know, how did how did he handle the thirty five million dollars he made as a player? Because that would yes. go toward motivation for this kind of thing. You know, if he's if things are going well and he saved, uh, but you know, if he spent a lot of it, it, it is stunning. I know it's not. There are a lot of athletes who now you know started their own brands you know tequila brands and whatever um who've made a ton of money but it, it's amazing how some athletes are able to burn through didn't alan yes. iverson make a uh, hundred 120 million dollars playing basketball and at one point like in the last 10 years said he was broke or close to it yeah they, like they actually buck were so concerned that he was going to spend all of his money that they built a trust with 50 million dollars in it that he was not allowed to uh to actually touch to take care of his family and himself in later age because his spending was so outlandish that you're right. Same thing happened with Antoine Walker. He made over $100 million, later went bankrupt. And what's remarkable about this, Buck, is it's hard. It's hard to spend that kind of cash and not have appreciable assets, right? Like if you go out and buy six homes, the homes still have a value to them what we're talking about a lot of times is money being spent cash and it just vanishes, right? You're spending $300,000 
at a restaurant or at a party or something and it's all cash and it just vanishes and there's no tangible asset with it i'll also i'll also say this uh there's the there's a report out you know to be fair we don't know if this is true but this is being reported on right now that um michael Orr wanted 15 million dollars or would say bad stuff about them in the media yes you know that feels a little bit like blackmail uh, that feels a little bit like extortion. Uh, you know, that's there's something about that that, uh, you know, was that really the you know, there, you would think that if there was a an issue with life rights, which they had to sell their life rights for the movie to be made. Um, you know, there's some already been some discussion of this. This is what lawyers handle, right? You, you, yeah. you take this to the lawyers first to say, give me 15 million dollars or I'm going to ruin your reputation or you know, try to. Um, I, that, that doesn't, look, it just doesn't pass the smell test for me. Something's going on here. Yeah. And, and also, again, I just come back to, this shouldn't be very difficult. The movie accounting, there will be checks. There will be a, a roster of exactly how much was paid. And if Michael Orr didn't get his fair share of the movie, then I think that would be relatively easy to prove. Uh, the other thing is he claims that he was not actually adopted by them, but this is a legal technicality because he was already 18 when they decided that they wanted to uh, to be involved with him, and so they did a conservatorship and set instead. I feel like we're just diving into one legal complexity after another, Buck, uh, and so much of news stories now are connected to legal-related issues, but... A lot of times I just take a step back and I say, okay, does this seem likely? Does it seem likely that a family that's worth a couple of hundred million dollars would decide to give nothing to Michael Orr and pocket all of the money themselves and none of this becomes public for 15 years after the movie is made and then suddenly it explodes? That seems unlikely to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but... It just doesn't add up. That it, I I understand when people sometimes steal money. Usually, people steal money a lot of times, Buck, because they don't actually have the money, right? Um, it doesn't seem like that's the case with the Tuies. So we'll find out how much money was actually outstanding. And let me just say this: if you're in Memphis and you know this story, we're number one in Memphis right now. It's a it's an ugly story, but I would think a lot of people listening to us right now may be very very familiar uh, with this case in particular. According to I don't know, this is one of the Clay. It's a it's a sports site, and I don't want to give them any extra oh, no because it's not it's not Outkick, the good sports site. Yes, um, another sports site saying that uh, Orr claims he made uh, basically made no move no money from the blind side and people are saying his estimated net worth is like you know 10 to 15 million dollars i think something like that so um let me see according to court filing two he's negotiated contract of two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in addition to 2.5 percent of the film's net proceeds for themselves or alleges he received nothing in terms of money for the film that would not have existed without him um i, I mean i think clay right this will just it's funny we are lawyering this thing right this will come down to: Did he sell his? Did he sell his life rights as part of this? I mean, uh, you know, or, or was that even was that necessary? You would think it would have to be necessary 
for this story to be told. Yeah, he signed he signed away his his life rights to this. And and I believe what the Tuies are saying is that they basically everybody who was in this movie in the Tuie family, the two parents, the two kids, and or who were all characters, each got one fifth of the overall value. Uh, of whatever dollars eventually came out of that movie. And again, that's why I'm saying from an accounting perspective, like the, the, they either got paid or they mm-hmm. didn't. This doesn't seem very complicated. I mean, and if that's true, then that's true. <laughs> if, if the numbers, if the numbers are real and that's what happened, I mean, you know, you signed something, you're an adult, you got your piece of, of the pie and that should be that, right? Yeah. It's exactly right. Uh, but we'll take some calls. Maybe there's people out there who are more knowledgeable about this in the Memphis area. I'd love to hear uh, how that's all shaken out. In the meantime, online identity theft happens more often than you'd think, with the number of data breaches happening at big companies, hospitals, school districts, only a matter of time before you or a family member are a victim of this kind of crime. When cyber hackers break into a company's computer systems, get your info, you don't get an immediate notification. You find out when someone has opened a new bank account in your name or run up charges on your credit card. So how do you protect yourself? With LifeLock's online identity theft protection. Important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Your personal info gets exposed so often it can make it easy for a cybercriminal to steal your identity. When you have LifeLock, you have protection. Systems monitor online transactions and the billions looking for evidence of your info being in the wrong hands. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. They're so good, so helpful when you need the help the most. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. It's easy, however, to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK online at LifeLock.com. Use my name, CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, as the promo code for 25% off. Learn and laugh. Weekdays with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. 
Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. By the way, Buck and I, in addition to talking about what's going on with that Michael Orr lawsuit, uh, which is uh, going to be pretty fascinating. And I I think you're right, Buck, that 75 or 80 percent of our audience has seen that movie. And I've had people who don't care at all about sports and 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 asking me, like even last night, hey, at the book signing, are you and Buck going to talk about this Michael Orr case? Because it has really captivated a large percentage of the population. And the one thing I would say is everybody always presumes that the first lawsuit is true. And by which I mean the allegations get treated as fact. The counter response, right? The defense always gets a fraction of the attention. And we have yet to hear officially the TUI defense. But Buck, I say this is simple. You either did or did not make a substantial sum of money off the movie. And if Michael Orr didn't get a fifth of it, then that would be suspect. If he did, then I don't know what he's complaining about. Yes, uh, that's I'm sitting here too. I'm one and to demand fifteen million dollars. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, they didn't get fifteen million dollars for their life rights. I can assure you of that. That that's not how it goes. Correct. And by the way, this of course came out of the book, The Blind Side, which if your kids won't read. Uh, and they like sports, a good book to try to get those kids to read because it is very enjoyable by Michael Lewis. Companies that look out for you by upgrading their service without increasing the cost are to be commended. That's companies like Pure Talk. They improve their plan for every existing customer on the $20 a month plan. They added 50% more data as well as providing unlimited talk text every month. Pure Talk even added a mobile hotspot with each plan. Just 20 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, now 50% more 5G data plus a mobile hotspot. That's a great deal. We appreciate Pure Talk for all they do, as well as the fact they're veteran-owned and they have the best customer service team located right here in the good old USA. Most families saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to make the switch to Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, and make the switch to Pure Talk today. That's pound 250. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. just talking about one movie let's talk about another for a few minutes here uh this goes to some different issues um snow white is 
I don't know. I think it might be the most celebrated and beloved of the Dis- of the classic Disney cartoons. It's either Snow White or Sleeping Beauty. Team, tell me which one of those made more money. I would think Snow White, but I don't know. Sleeping Beauty was also a big one. Um, they're doing a live action remake, as you, as you know. Uh, it's coming out in 2024, uh, and it has Rachel Zegler in the role of Snow White. Now, she has... These are old clips, I will say this. I think they're from a year ago, maybe, uh, where she was giving some interviews. Let's let's start with some of the things that she had said that got her to a place where now she's having to do a little bit of cleaning up the mess that she has made for herself. Uh, here she is. This is September, September 11th of 2022, actually, talking about Snow White, which she is starring in Play 10. The original cartoon came out in 1937, and very evidently so. (laughs) Um, There's a big focus on her love story with a guy who literally stalks her. (laughs) Weird. 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 So we didn't do that this time. (laughs) So no no prince or a different kind of prince? We have a different approach to what I'm sure a lot of people will assume is a love story just because, like, we cast a guy in the movie, Andrew Burnap. Great dude. Um, It's uh, a... one of those things that I think everyone's going to have their assumptions about what it's actually going to be, but uh, it's really not about the love story at all, which is really, really wonderful. And whether or not she finds love along the way is anybody's guess until 2024. All of Andrew's scenes could get cut. Who knows? It's Hollywood, baby. Let's take a timeless and cherished love story, Clay, and remove the whole love story thing because charming princes and all that stuff that's bad. We we can't have that. The male-female dynamic here, unacceptable. Not only that, Buck, let's also remove all of the lovable dwarves, which help to provide some comedic levity in what is otherwise, let's be honest, a pretty dark story for much of the time. I mean, the, the evil witch is, uh, as anybody out there who has watched Disney movies as a kid, as you can well remember, I mean, she's very creepy and scary. And so you're eliminating two of the things that people love about this movie, the love story. I saw the Babylon Bee had a really funny headline, and I'm paraphrasing here, Buck, but it was basically Prince Charming no longer kisses Snow White, and uh, as a result, she stays dead. Uh, because, the, the the spoiler alert, the movie ends with Prince Charming coming, kissing Snow White, bringing her back to life after she's been poisoned by uh, the, the, the evil witch. And so you take away the dwarves, you take away the love story, and you put in this woke actress who is ridiculing the movie itself and denigrating it to an entire universe of people who grew up with it and like it. And I think this movie, this is my prediction, is coming out next year, Buck. I think that it is going to be such an abject failure that it's going to be impossible for Disney to not acknowledge that they have lost their way and alienated their base, which is parents who just want their kids to be entertained by wholesome entertainment. Well, there's an indicator that they're starting to see that could happen, that this could play out in that way because the actress who's the lead, who is Snow White, Rachel Zegler is she just now this is the new thing. This is why we're talking about this today. She's released a video where she's saying, of course, 
things are being taken out of context about what she said about the movie. <laughs> out of context. Play 11. Yo is going to get taken out of context. And I know that at this point, I can't really stop people from doing that because that's what my whole existence on the internet is. It's just me being taken out of context and stuff, uh, which is fine. That's what I signed up for, isn't it? Um, but I never wanted to come off as me being ungrateful for the opportunities I have when I say that this has been the biggest adjustment of my life, like understanding the way my life operates now, being who I am and the things that I've been so fortunate to make. It comes with so much ground, so much ground that I never thought I would be able to cover and that people think I'm doing poorly and other people think I'm doing gracefully and I don't think I'm doing it at all. <laughs> you know what I'm sure of? Oh. She thinks about herself a lot. <laughs> That's, she, I, she definitely has the ability to think about her. I just think about how difficult it is to be hated. This is almost Meghan Markle like to me. You are like Meghan Markle is a princess who is incredibly good looking that uh, gets to be uh, a legitimate princess. Almost every woman uh, listening to us right now. At some point when she was a girl, dreamed of being a princess. This is why they have all of the entire Disney princess collection. It's not because women are being forced to believe that they want to be princesses. It's because growing up, getting married, having a family is the aspiration of 90% of women. All right. And if you're in the 10% that doesn't want to do that, more power to you. I'm not saying anything wrong with it. 90% of women out there want to grow up, they want to get married, and they want to have a family. And if they could be a princess on top of that and marry Prince Charming, oh my goodness, life could not get any better than that. So this girl gets cast buck as Snow White. She is incredibly good looking. She is getting highly paid to play an iconic character in one of the most... uh prestigious and well-liked uh, companies until the last few years in American history when it comes to entertainment. And what did she just say there? Woe is me. I'm a victim. I had no idea what I was stepping into. You're an actress. You're playing an iconic role. Your life is not hard. I'm sorry. Suck it up, buttercup. And how about this, Buck? I wonder on some level whether Disney is going to Batgirl this movie. Remember Batgirl? They watched it, and they said it's so bad at Warner Brothers, they just burned it. They're not even going to release it. They spent $100 million on it, and they were like, this is a failure. We're taking the right tax write-off. I wonder if Disney's going to take a tax write-off on the new Snow White. I really do. I don't... I mean, look, it has happened before, so you can never say never, but... Well, they're they're putting a a lot of money into this, and this is, I think we're in a different environment here. I mean, to tie this into some of the bigger things we're seeing, Target stock price is yep. way down. Bud Light is a. I, do you even? They were giving it away by the case, and now I think they're just not even stocking it on shelves anymore. Bud Light has been destroyed as a brand. Target has gotten hit a uh, hit uh, pretty seriously as a stock. Um. You know, Disney and, and Ron DeSantis, the, there was that whole tangle. Uh, I, I think that these companies are starting to realize now that it's like the sleeping giant of the right has woken up and is not yeah. happy with all this woke stuff. And it really, you know, what it really was when they're going after it's the, the, the transgender stuff. Yes, but also going after the kids trying to indoctrinate kids. That was certainly the case with some of the uh, the 
backlash to the pride displays at Target. Um, people have just had enough. So I, what I'm saying is I think Disney, I think the Disney of a few years ago would be like, whatever, we're Disney. We're, we're on the cutting edge. We're progressive. That's how we do things now. And now they might be like, oh, just kidding. We don't mean it. Well, I mean, think about Buck, the panic that the PR people had. PR somehow got, what's this, what's this actress's name? Rachel, what's her name? Rachel Zegler. I have no idea what she's done before. All right. So she's Snow White to me. I guarantee you they got little Snow White there on the phone and they said, Hey, millions of people have watched your arrogant, condescending interview where you denigrate everything that people loved about the character that you're playing and also insulted anyone who liked the original movie and said the new one was going to be nothing like it. And so you should maybe go out there and make it clear that that's not really what you meant. And then she puts out a new video and it makes me like her even less <laughs> because at least if she, Buck, if she had just owned it and been like, Hey, I think that, uh, the original Snow White is sexist. I think that it is, uh, that it is indefensible that they want girls to grow up and marry princesses. And I, and I, I stand nothing for it. I think dwarves were demeaned. I would think she was a loon. But at least she would own what she's saying. Now she's like, oh, people are paying too much attention to what I say, and they're taking everything out of I said out of context. If you play a substantial portion of a quote from someone, I don't think that's considered taking it out of context, right? You take one sentence out of a larger paragraph, I think everybody kind of got the sense that she wants to modernize Snow White and thinks the old one is outdated and antiquated. And guess what? Most Disney viewers, I don't think, think that. I don't think most parents who put their kids down in front of that movie think it. And I have to wonder. I have to wonder how Disney is going to continue to respond. Let's say that this is a, um, wow, Snow White was, at its time, the highest grossing film of all time yeah. until Gone with the Wind took the title. Snow White was, in its time, the ultimate box office. So, yeah, way bigger, I, I think, than, uh, let me see. I'm trying to check the, uh, yeah. There are people I mean, out there that are angry because you just basically took a shot at Bambi, Peter Pan. Like, you just totally dismissed all all of the original uh, iconic I'm just uh, looking Disney. at the dollars and cents there, buddy. Don't it. throw me under the bus on this I, one. I get all it. Right? I, just, I don't want big Disney coming for you because Peter Pan and Bambi fans out there just are are, are driving off the road when you took shots at them with the Snow White. So you'd have to look at, at, at adjusted for inflation and all yep. that. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves uh, made $1.48 million in 1937. Uh, so it goes way back. Sleeping Beauty in 1959, so a couple of decades later, made $6 million. And then Beauty and the Beast in 1991 made $25 million. Now, that's obviously very different in terms of... Uh, adjusting for that that's not adjusted for inflation but those are like the the original disney super hits if you will the uh it was the, so popular buck they made at the 1937 oscars maybe the 1938 oscars they made walt disney a special oscar with seven little dwarves uh alongside of the oscar statuette and i believe it's still the case if you adjust for inflation, I could be wrong on this, but I think Gone with the Wind, which came out in 1939, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's still the highest grossing movie of all time 
if you adjust for box office inflation, because obviously a ticket today costs you know, $15 or whatever it costs to go to a movie compared to probably 20 cents when, uh, when I would bet something like that when Disney were, uh, when, uh, the Snow White movie came out. I don't, I don't have kids, so I don't know about these things anymore. Um, but Tangled. Did you even know there was a Disney movie called Tangled? According to this, made two hundred and sixty yeah. million dollars in two thousand and ten. Well, that's basically the Rapunzel story, right? Am I right about that? You tell it's me. Some girl Chief. with long hair in a in a castle, if I remember uh-huh. correctly. I, and I left out Cinderella. Uh, Cinderella nineteen fifty made two point nine million dollars. All right, here we go. Support U.S. funded resources, my friends. The Phoenix Capital Group invites you to invest in the heart of America with our domestic energy corporate bonds. Phoenix Capital connects private investor principal with direct investments in domestic energy assets. Your venture in these U.S.-backed equities can gain up to 9 to 12% annual interest paid monthly. It's a vote of confidence in the American dream in the unwavering spirit that built our nation. To find out more, download the Phoenix Group's free investment packet today at phxonair.com. Investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investment packet today at phxonair.com. Get to know the guys outside the issues. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to go out to Hawaii uh, here at the top of the next hour. Our friend Will Kane has been doing phenomenal work raising over a million dollars for people dealing with the wildfires of uh, of Hawaii, of Maui, that swept through about a week ago. So we will get an on-the-ground report from Will, uh, and many of you may want to help uh, in that way. So that'll be an interesting conversation going forward. But, Buck, we were just discussing this Snow White remake and what a disaster it's going to be, and then it led into 1937, how much money did Snow White make? Adjusted for inflation, Snow White made $418 million. And that got me, I, I went, I was, I was trying to remember what is the highest grossing films of all time adjusted for inflation. And you have to adjust for inflation because otherwise, otherwise, obviously tickets are way more expensive every year. And so comparing a movie from the 1980s to say nothing of the movie from the 1930s to today would be very difficult. Buck, I have the top 10 in front of me right now. I was right that Gone with the Wind is the highest grossing movie ever made. In today's dollars, it made $4.2 billion, that's billion with a B, dollars. How many other of the top 10 can you name off the top of your head? Adjusted for inflation. Adjusted really for inflation. Tough. Adjusted for inflation. I think Titanic has to be in there, even though it's Cor- recent. Uh, Titanic is number three overall, just shy of three point five billion. Good guess. There we go. So the Buckster, the Buckster comes out swinging on that one. Top of my head, um, man, dude, this, you're you're really putting me on the spot here. Um, I, I, is one of the uh, is one of the Avengers movies or Spider Man movies on there? Uh, Avengers Endgame is the fifth highest grossing movie of all time. $3.2 billion. That just came out about four years ago. I'm going to, I think you'll recognize. Let me, let me hit you with some of these. Avatar is number two all time. But see, I, that's a little unfair because did it have the whole, uh, like charge $25 or something or more for the, yeah, you get IMAX benefits, uh, certainly today. Also, to be fair, the global box office is so much more substantial now uh, when you think about that. So Avatar's you two, like Avatar? Can three. we do this for a second here? Did you like Avatar? I thought Avatar was a garbage movie. Garbage. I thought movie. it was okay. I don't understand why it made. Again, I think it's the global audience responded really well to Avatar. And I watched Avatar 2, Way of the Water, or whatever it was. It also dominated. So James Cameron, by the way, the number two and three all-time most money-making movies. The guy's amazing. I mean, I, I love Aliens. I love the Terminator movies. I mean, James Cameron, Titanic for what it is, very watchable. Um, So, you know, he's he's a brilliant guy. I just don't get, I mean, I don't even see Avatar 2. I don't get the Avatar thing at all. What else is on all right. there? Well, yeah, let me hit you with the rest. Star Wars, the original, number four. Legit. You got Avengers Endgame. This one surprised me. Sound of Music. The sixth highest grossing movie of all time. I can see uh, that. E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Solid. seven. 
Uh, Ten Commandments. Would not have guessed that at all back in the day. Charlton Sheen, number eight overall. Charlton Heston. Yeah. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> that would be, boy, that'd be a Charlie lot different. Charlie Sheen in the Ten Commandments? Wow. <laughs> wow. I might, I mean, that, that one might be rated X. Uh, uh, Dr. Shivago and Star Wars The Force Awakens are the Ten most lucrative movies ever made in the history of the medium uh, adjusted for inflation. We come back. We're going out to Hawaii. Our friend Will Kane, the wildfires. What happened there? What can you do to help? We'll discuss next. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.